Do you hold a deep-seated desire to feel outraged? Or do you just find yourself wondering why everyone's fighting all the time about things that don't seem to matter all that much? Well, it's 2021, and if you're not mad about something, you must be paying attention. I'm Jay. And I'm Stinkbug. He's the Stinkbug. And we're going to find out, why are they mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Right in front of me! Got a rivet. Do you remember rivet? Oh, dude, what's that? What's rivet gold? It's just rivet without any flavor. (laughs) Oh, dude, rivet didn't have flavor to begin with. (laughs) This has got even less flavor. I've noticed that if something if something is gonna have less flavor, they put like gold on the end, or like blonde on the end. Like I bought some new coffee pods and I bought the like blonde variation, and it's just coffee with less coffee flavor. Well, I mean, it's it's meant to be more crisp, you know. It's it's got more hops. I think I think gold just means less flavor. Like it's a, you know, like gold gold tobacco as opposed to blue or red is you know objectively not as flavorful <laughs> turn your webcam it makes it feel more natural you reckon yeah but i hate looking at myself everyone hates looking at you but we're not complaining yeah i know that's <laughs> why i don't like looking at myself <laughs> you're fine look at my shiny forehead you you know if you put those glasses on and had like a beanie you'd look like um what's his name steven seagal i'm turning off my fucking leg <laughs> <laughs> he's a handsome man no turn it back on <laughs> Put your fucking webcam back on. I don't want to. You said I look like Steven Seagal. I said this is a joke. Chill out. <laughs> Turn on your fucking webcam, you insecure piece of garbage. I'm not insecure. I just don't want to look like Steven Seagal. You are I'll very have... insecure. You're one of the most insecure people I know. And that's fine. I'm not insecure You're... at all. I'm secure, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I am secure. I'm like Fort Knox. I am so secure. <laughs> I'm like the, the temple from uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. It was very insecure. He got right in there. Even yeah, the little but, kid got in there. Short round. Yeah, he got but in when there. he went in there, they were going to eat him. <laughs> what are you saying? You saying I'm you're saying that me? I'm not insecure. You going to try and eat me? <laughs> Is that what you want to do? <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> if you if you keep saying that, I like Steven Seagal. I mean, he's a handsome man. So, so one one thing I keep seeing online is people complaining about um, like when a famous Us. person dies their uh cause of death isn't published you know and um i'm seeing it here again it says chucky thompson hitmaker for notorious big and mary j blige dead at 53 and then it says uh he died monday age 53 his rep confirmed to rolling stone a cause of death was not immediately available and i saw it i saw it the other day when the guy from do you know whitest kids you know yeah, he died. Yeah, he died. And it, it just said he died in his yard. It didn't offer any anything more than that. And all the comments, all the people in the comments were like, man, what what happened to the days where you knew, like, a minute-by-minute breakdown of how a celebrity died? Um, mm. And people saying, you know, like, my morbid curiosity won't let me let this go. I have to know exactly how this guy died, you know? What do you reckon? Do you think that people... When a famous person dies, their cause of death should be should be made publicized. Public. Uh, like, I want to say no for the ethical and like moral like judgment there, but 
I want to say yes because I want to know how the famous people die. Yeah, I mean, I want to know how the guy from Whitest Kids You Know was recording like a Twitch show and then like four hours later died in his yard. Like, that feels... How that happened, you know? Exactly. And because I, I don't want that to happen to anyone else, especially oh. me. <laughs> mm. Well, like, does it, I mean, I think the only way to look at it is that everyone's, everyone's death needs to be made public. Yeah. I mean, not just, I, not just famous people. No, I feel that too. Like when, when I read someone has died that I have like mutual friends with on the internet, I I will like... I will troll through there to try to, you know, not not even just find out what happened, like find out a suggestion, you know, like yeah, find yeah. out if someone says like, be safe on the road or like, you know, no one saw <laughs> this coming or whatever. Cause I think really I want to determine whether they died of a sudden illness or if they died in like an event, you know, mm. like, because it's scary if they die from a sudden illness. If they've if they've died like on the road, like drink driving or something, it's not it's not that scary. But you know, if they've had a heart attack at twenty five, I always think about like it's somewhat on topic. Like you know how in America, how in some of the states, how you can look up people who are in jail. Yeah. And like they have entire databases, and you can find out mm. why they're in jail, how long yeah. they're in jail for. That is so fucking weird. Right? It's like, weird, but it's amazing. Yeah, you do find some very interesting stuff on it. But you also find a lot of just very grim stuff where it's like, yeah. it's it's never something crazy like, you know, was put in jail because he hijacked a helicopter and crashed it through the seven news building. It's always like <laughs> du- double murder of, you know, his <laughs> wife and kid or something. It's yeah. like, oh, fucking. No, the, the thing that I wish we had here, but then it, it's like a turtle, it's, it's an ethics question, is the sex offender registry. Like, <laughs> the public... Do we not have that here? We don't have that here at all. You, um, the, on, the only time you can find that sort of stuff out is if, you know, you're hiring somebody and you run a police check. Yeah. Or, or, like, if you're applying for a working with children's check, they can check it. That type of thing. But um, in, in America, it's literally, like, websites. You just go on a website. Yeah. And it, it's, like, Google Maps. Like, you know, like when you put in a Google Maps like McDonald's and it shows all the red dots on the map of all, yeah. where all the McDonald's is. It's like that, but with sex offenders. So you can see them, like, all over the state. It's mental. The thing is, it doesn't make any sense to do it. Like, what's the point? It's punishment, right? It has, it has to be for, like, deterrent, would be my assumption, right? Like, I, I think I some think... people would say it's, like, for protection so they know who's around them or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, I think it's probably inventive for deterrent, right? Where it's like, you commit a sexual crime, everyone will know that you did it. So don't commit it, right? I would probably say it's... Uh, I wouldn't say it's deterrent. I think it would be public interest. But whether the question of whether Public is, interest. <laughs> it would be. You know, if you... Um, if, if you had a kid, like a 10-year-old kid, would you want to know if there was a guy who had, like, you know, been caught diddling a 10-year-old kid living on your street? Or would you rather just not know, take the chance? I mean, like, I guess I'd prefer to know, but I also don't think it would make a difference if I knew or not, right? Like, I think in America it's probably a lot more different just from my time over there where all the neighbours are a lot closer, you know, it's like a closer-knit community, right? Well, in Australia, like, I don't know anyone 
who has that type of community, right? Like, I've never known my neighbors, not even once, right? If, like, it doesn't matter to me if I know if a person down the street is a sex offender or not. Like, if I had a kid, they're not talking to their neighbors anyway, you know? Like, I'm making sure they're not talking to their neighbors. Like, I always assume they're probably bad people. That's my <laughs> first that's, assumption when I see neighbors. That's that's to do with you, though. I've never actually thought about that. I've, you've never been able to name any of your neighbors or... You know. I don't know any of my neighbors. I've never known any of my neighbors. I keep to myself. They keep to themselves. I always assume they're bad people. I've I've always known my neighbors. Not no no. There's one exception to that. When I lived in the inner suburbs of the city, um, I didn't know any of my neighbors. But like in the they suburbs, they kept trying to find you all the time. They always kept trying to pull one over on you and get your car towed and shit. So, I think that might have been a shared delusion between me and Jewel. <laughs> I think Drool started, is the type of guy who needs a he needs someone to pin it yeah, on, you know? He needs a he needs an enemy. He needs square. a scapegoat, I think, in yeah. that regard. It's never his fault. It's never it's never because he parked his car the wrong way on the street, you know, it's because the neighbor had it out for him. No, we um we thought that we thought that it was our bin and that this this guy was like <laughs> putting all their shit in our bin. And, um, like, we put a note on there that was like, this is our bin, you'll be in big trouble. <laughs> and I remember Drew saying that um, he, like, <laughs> he saw them pulling up once and he was putting stuff in the bin. And you just, like, pantomimed a big, like, oh, come on, <laughs> to try to make a point <laughs> to the neighbor driving past not to put stuff in the bin. But it turned out. Like, we shared a bin. <laughs> like, it yeah. was one bin for the two houses. <laughs> now, we just got some housekeeping before we get started. Check us out on Instagram at whyaretheymadpod. Follow us. We'll give you a shout-out on the next show. And if you listen on Apple, leave us a review. Can be positive or negative. We don't, we don't want to tell you what to think about us, you know? If you don't like us, you don't like us, then you should tell us that. So, our, uh, our shout-out this week is Mariah. Thanks for checking us out, Mariah. And if our shows do have you thinking or feeling anything, we want to hear from you. Send us a DM on Instagram and we'll get back to you there, or maybe we'll get back to you on air. Tell us the bad stuff, especially. Yeah, tell us the bad stuff. You know, We want to hear. We want to hear your anger. This show's all about people Negative. being mad. We want to hear why you're mad, right? If you, if, you, if, you, if you have a point of contention with me and the horses, okay, let us know, okay? And we'll read it out on the next episode. <laughs> And speaking of that, we actually received a bit of fanfare after last week's episode. We got a voicemail. Let's check that out now. Where's my cape? Fucking hell. Nah, here they are. Fuck, cars aren't starting. Hold on, one tick, Richard. Ah, my finger! Fuck! Who was that? Do you know that? Do you know this guy? Yeah, no, that's Toby. He does my taxes. He's my tax really? man. Yeah, he's. He listens my, to the show. Actually, be the most. I guess so. I didn't tell him about it. I guess. He did. He was always prone to accidents. That's really interesting. He actually might that's be a, the most dodgy taxman I've ever known, to be honest. That's a bit... Well, good um, on him. Thanks, Toby. Thanks for sending that in. 
Yeah, thanks, Terry. Thanks for your support. And um, <laughs> well, we hope to we, hear again from you next episode. Yeah, we wish you the best, man. I hope your finger's all right. It's, <laughs> I hope your vehicle's okay. Thanks, Toby. <laughs> yeah, introduction. Episode three. I'm thinking we should change it to Prince Andrew's very bad day. You reckon? But have you have you know. read the notes? No, not at all. Prince Andrew's no good, very big problem. Maybe. <laughs> if it comes <laughs> I to that, that's a good one. If it if it comes, well, that's like the book. Like, Alexander's no good, terrible yeah. day, or whatever. There you go. I think that sounds better. Now, do, now say that. Say that <laughs> one for me. Episode 3. Prince Andrew's no good, very big problem. You're going to say it like, no good, very big problem. No, that's bad as well. I don't know. How did you say it in the book? <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst thing? you've ever gotten away with and what would you do to keep it that way if your most spooky skeleton came tumbling out of the closet would you deny it all try to cram it back in there or would you own up to it admit the jig is up and take on whatever the consequences are that until then you'd skirted but what if you'd never really known consequences before in your entire life what if that fallout wouldn't just be your own but that of an entire country because you're part of the most public family on earth. You're royalty. And at a time in history when your right to immense privilege, your very right to exist, is being more heavily questioned than ever before, would you put it all on the line to uphold your name? Or is it going to be checkmate for the party boy prince? Let's find out in episode 3. Prince Andrew's very big problem. But first... This week... In anger. What's in the news? <laughs> and there's there's one here. I think it's gonna interest you. Now, Reg, yeah, uh, Reg sent shockwaves across the eastern suburbs of Melbourne about two weeks ago when he said that he had no issue with the punching of horses. What do you have to say for yourself? I never said I had no issue with the punches of horses. Punching of horses. I said. I said I have, I don't think everyone needs to be upset about it. Look, I I I think we do need to, we need to iterate here. We don't support the punching of horses. Personally, I like horses. And even if I didn't like horses, I still wouldn't be okay with people punching them. I'm an ally. I had this exact same disagreement with uh, a common friend of ours because he tried to call me out being like, you fucking... Was it Tanky? Yeah, it was tanky. <laughs> tanky, tanky tank face, yeah. But he's, he was like, so you don't like horses? I was like, that's not what I said. What I said was that I think that a horse being punched isn't a very big deal. And I still don't think it's a very big deal. I mean, it might be a big deal to the horse. The horse... The ho- the, for one, that horse, okay, he got punched in the line of duty, okay? Big whoop. He gets paid for that. It's called hazard pay, all right? I don't, you know, I expect I expect my fucking law officers to occasionally have to take an L, okay? All right, well, okay. We know you hate horses. What about this? <laughs> Coach has been kicked out of the Olympics for punching a horse during the modern pentathlon on Thursday. Video appeared... Huh? 
That's dumb. You think it's you think it's dumb that he got kicked out or that he punched the horse? I mean, I think he probably shouldn't have done what he did, but I also think that to be kicked out of it's the Olympics, he's trained his entire life for that. This is just like Blades of Glory. No, you okay? know what this is like? This is like the karate kid when uh when Johnny's coach at the end of the movie fucking tries to kill him, puts his hands around his throat after he loses the the what is it the big the southern uh, <laughs> the um all valley all valley yeah the all valley championship this is this is uh this is Johnny Lawrence as a horse, but you know did Johnny Lawrence get kicked out of karate no <laughs> no but he he had you know he had lifelong emotional issues. Oh, here she is. Look, can you can you see that picture of her? Yeah, yeah. She see, she's obviously distraught. Okay, and yeah, she gives the horse a little love tap. Right? Did she? Well, I think. Where's she the punched. video? Where's the video? Actually, I don't know if there's a video. Oh fuck! Look at look at this one. <laughs> look at this screen grab. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> That's the face of a horse that wasn't too happy to be punched, and that's the face of a woman. Who has never been told you're not allowed to punch horses? I don't think that. I think she loves horses. It's her job to love. It's her passion to love horses. I don't think that she hit the horse because she doesn't like horses. Okay. No, I think, I think she... she hit the horse out of a moment of weakness. Okay. She's very frustrated. She's very upset. You know, she hit. She gave the horse a little love tap. Okay. Look at her. She's got bony, like thin arms. She couldn't have hit the horse very hard. Horse doesn't seem to mind. Okay. <laughs> Look at this fucking horse's face. Can, can you describe the horse's facial expression? Okay, the horse is just giving a, re- a regular horse facial expression of... <laughs> horses never look good. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking horse. The, horse. the horse does look actually very uh, just out of it. He looks very... Uh, I don't yeah, know how this, to describe it. This horse looks like he has a head injury. Actually, it doesn't look like he has a head injury. It looks like he has a head injury because he just got punched in the head by this no good horse punching woman. Why does she have like a World War One Germany Germany badge on her blazer? Because people haven't needed to ride horses since World War One. We've had other means of transportation. <laughs> it seems like a very uncomfortable uniform to have to ride a horse in in such a spectacular fashion. Okay, painful and distressing to watch Anika Shalau being allowed to dig her spurs in, yank on the horse's mouth, and crack it the whip repeatedly. She never yanked on the horse's mouth. The horse would have bit her. You would never put your hands near a horse's mouth. I don't know. She, 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 definitely, she definitely should have just dismounted and walked away like an adult, right? But yeah, she chucked she... a temper tantrum. But the thing about temper tantrums is that you only ever hit like a child, okay? Like, the horse didn't get all that hurt. Should you be banned from the only thing you've ever cared about in your life for that? I don't know. I'm not an Olympic committee, but if I was, I would make some really extreme sports. I think if you... I think if it is your profession to ride a horse and you get seen punching that horse, you shouldn't be allowed to ride horses anymore. Same way if, if you if it's your profession to look after children and you get caught punching children... You shouldn't be allowed to look after children anymore. Or maybe you should, but only the really bad ones. Anyway, it's a point of contention and we're drawing a line in the sand. We are very anti-horse punching. So is my friend, even if he pretends not to be. Give us the next story. I never said you can't punch a horse. Wait. 
<laughs> I never said to punch horses. I just said it's not that big of a deal. Give us the next story. All right, next story. Celebrities don't... What's the next word? Bathe. They don't bathe, is what I've been told here. By your... Uh, your your spreadsheet. Not bathing is so hot right now, but is it really better for your skin? Who's not bathing? Well, it's fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Let's look, listen. It began with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis saying recently on Dak Shepard and Monica Padman's Armchair Expert podcast that they seldom bathe themselves or their four or six year old kids. Oh no. That's uh, no, you've got to bathe the kids. That's so important. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's not cool to not bathe your kids, right? I I work with kids, man. They smell like, all the fucking time. Like you need to bathe them. Like I can get away with like not bathing for a day or two and not smell. But children, man, they do all kinds of fucked up things. Do they smell they like uh, Do they smell like beer or do they smell like uh, you know, like poo poo smells? They just smell like fluids and then like. <laughs> fucking cheetos and you know just like because everything that they do it involves so much like tactile yeah like you know play right like they're yeah. always wiping everything on themselves and they're always yeah. wiping everything in their mouths and shit like or like, rolling like kids around. are cool you know yeah they're just rolling like they're you know they're figuring it out right they haven't got much of a brain but you need yeah. to wash them that's why because they don't fucking do anything right you know well their kids they were like they'd be multi-millionaires their kids are probably like the most sheltered like uppity children there is they're probably not scrounging around the dorito packet rolling around in the this pisses me off man because it's like you know to get real serious about it for a second here there's so many kids out there who don't get bathed by their parents due to so many you know societal issues or you know uh, mental illness issues whatever the case Mm. is and then there's these fucking assholes over here being like oh it's good for the complexion (laughs) it's like get fucked well, Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher says here, personally, he soaps up his armpits and crotch daily. Nothing else ever. Kunis says she cleanses her face twice daily, but doesn't wash her body with soap every day. Chris, Christian Bell, too. I'm a big fan of waiting for the stink. Once you catch a whiff, that's biology's way of letting you know you need to clean it up. You should not wait for the whiff. You should you should take uh, affirmative action to prevent the whiff. Look, I think that they're probably correct. It's probably not good for your like you know your natural skin and enzymes on your skin and stuff to shower every single day because we're not really built for it. But I also think in the modern day where we have to be around a lot of other people all the time, and we have a presentation to uphold, that you should definitely be showering. The other part of it is like no matter how much like they might consider themselves important or like doing worthwhile work they probably have the easiest lives ever like they're not they're not going out into like a supermarket and stacking the shelves all day and they're not cleaning toilets and uh like well, see, this is the thing i think that that like the only people in the world who get away with this bullshit are celebrities right yeah because they don't actually have you to know? do anything. i go to work I go to work, I stink, you know, they're like, Reg, what the fuck's that smell? And I go, oh, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the stink, you know, I'm just, I'm waiting for it to tell me to wash myself. Yeah, like, no, they fire me. They go, what the fuck, you're weird, dude. 
That's ridiculous. When I first saw this article, oh yeah, everyone's still going to be in their balls no matter what, right? The fucking this Jake Gyllenhaal. But when I first saw this and I saw a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal and it said not bathing, I thought he must have been doing some like, like uh, method acting. You know, yeah. like he's no. trying to get into the role for some like like maybe the stink bug or something. I'm not too <laughs> sure, but you know, in my Is that, script, if you could pick any actor to pe- to play you in a biographical film, would it be Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, look at him. He looks just like me. Mine would be Jake Gyllenhaal too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you got old Jake Gyllenhaal. You got the Jake Gyllenhaal we haven't seen yet. <laughs> you get old Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> It's like Lupo. <laughs> yeah, I, and- I get young Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get Bruce Willis, okay? I get um, the other one. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'd definitely rather... Um, I would rather Jake Gyllenhaal than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think his... Me and Drew were actually talking about this the other night. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his ship is well and truly sailed. He's peaked. Yeah, he's, he's peaked, peaked. A little, quite a while ago. He peaked as Robin in Batman 3. Yeah. And he peaked in a, a genre that doesn't really exist anymore in 500 Days of Summer or whatever, which is like that kind of... Uh, like, like the Manic Pixie. Yeah. Girl, like the like pseudo, like halfway Wes Anderson, uh, Woody Allen kind of romance film. It's just, they don't really make them anymore because they're boring. All right, th- this is a good one. So, OJ Simpson says he avoids Los Angeles because he's too scared to run into Nicole Brown Simpson's Real murderer. <laughs> He's really keeping to his story, yeah. isn't he? You know. Yeah, he. And this is, and I guess this is kind of relevant for the actual story that we're going to talk about today, Prince Andrew. But when someone has so clearly has done something, and they will claim not to have, do you think that they, in the moment, know that that's a lie, or do you think that they? are able to convince themselves uh, well, that's what I've been unconsciously. thinking about when I was reading the headline. Like, do you right? think when he's saying that, he's like, yeah, that guy. Like, is he has he detached that part of himself where he doesn't actually see the person that killed his ex-wife as a part of himself anymore? Well, I've got two parts to say to that, right? Number one is, this is exactly what I was thinking about when I read that headline, right? Which is this idea of him, like, like, he's still trying to, like, you know, everyone knows that he did it, right? Like, everyone knows, but he's still, like, just has to try to keep, like, you know, you think you just stop talking about it, you know, after that point. You've already gotten away with it. It's fine. Just, yeah. you know, it's not fine, but don't talk about it. But also, there's another part to that where me, as a very, very uh, strong liar, right? Very, very uh, expert liar. Um, yeah. Sometimes I believe my own lies are that good, you know? But do you, do you I don't actually... think that's the circumstance here. With OJ, because his lie is garbage, you know, <laughs> like... No, but he... He might not consider himself in that moment. Or is it just a lack of shame, do you think? Do you think there's no shame to be standing there and to deny that he killed somebody? I mean, that's it, right? He he doesn't feel like he doesn't, like, need to lie. Like, you know, he doesn't feel, like, a moral guilt about it, right? He co- He couldn't, right? And so when he says that and he lies about it, he just thinks he's getting away with it. He's like, this is for my benefit. Somebody that brutally murdered two people is probably not going to have that much of an issue with shame. <laughs> like if, if you're oh, I see, a you know. person who can do that. But one thing, he's 74 years old. Do you have the photo of him up there? 
They look at him. Like Yeah. Oh he, damn, he's old now. He's he's old, but he looks fucking great for seventy four. Like he he's lived a, a long and visibly healthy life. Despite Do you think it was the murders? Maybe he absorbed their life force, yeah. Yeah, do you think it's keeping him young? Maybe maybe he, he yeah, maybe he in his mind he is the person who never killed his ex wife. And so he's like just eternally forty years old. It's this idea of him being such an influence, right, at the time. Like what a what a star, right? You know, he I think a common issue of stars, the same with just before when they're saying they're not bathing, they usually think they're kinda of like top shit, you know? Yeah. And he probably doesn't think he's done anything wrong, you know, or if he does, he's never showed it even once, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you couldn't be remorseful and just, like, lie about it for 30 years. I don't think that that... Oh, that's it, yeah. It's possible. I don't think... And especially, like, like, not even just lie about it, like, lie yeah. about it, like, every single day to mass yeah. amounts of population, you know? And it's almost like he brings up himself, you know? It's yeah, like he, that's what he I mean. wants like, to keep it around as a topic. You'd think he would drop it. I don't know. It's either coming from, like, two places, right? One, he wants everyone to remember that he got away with it. Yeah. Or two... He, he's just like, he's just seriously still trying to pull the wool over. He's like, you know, yeah, yeah. like yesterday people didn't believe it, but today, today <laughs> they're going to believe it, you know? If I keep sticking to the story, one day everyone's going to be like, well, I mean, he's been doing it for 35 years. I guess he didn't do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I've actually noticed, like, when I've been reading, um, when, when I'm reading about court cases, I will generally, like, emotionally side with the defense. Um... I like when there's a defense argument that really raises like any issue of plausible deniability or doubt, I will start Mm. to think like, yeah, yeah, maybe they didn't do it. But OJ and what we're going to talk about later, Prince Andrew, those are two situations where I just have no doubt. Like no matter how strong the defense is, I just have no doubt that they did what they were accused of. I find it hard to side with celebrities in general. I don't know if it's jealousy or if I think they just have too much power or get away with too much shit as it is. But whenever I see a celebrity up in those situations, I'm always like, get him. Get him. <laughs> yeah, get him. Let's watch him fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring him down. Okay. So, just a quick warning. This episode deals with topics some might find distressing, namely on the topic of sexual abuse. Episode 3, Prince Andrew's Very Big Problem. (laughs) I am Prince Andrews. I was born a baby king. (laughs) I'm a rich baby. What you gonna do? (laughs) I fucking hate the royal family. Okay, so here's something for everyone to know, okay? I have always had an issue of a royal family. I have made it my fucking life goal to never learn anything about them. I don't even know who Prince Edward is or whoever we're learning about today. I don't know who he is. I don't know any of them. My partner watches The Crown and she loves it and she's always like, oh, you got to watch this and watch it. I'm like, no, I'm never fucking watching it. It's never happening, okay? I hate the fucking royal family. Well, it's time for you to swallow your pride. Let's get into yeah. it. Andrew Albert Christian Edward or Prince Andrew was born February 19th, 1960. The third child of Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. Damn, dude, he was a fucking rotund baby, wasn't he? (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what does that <laughs> word mean? I was worried you were going to say something else. What does rotund mean? Is that round? Yeah, rotund just means like yeah. clump. You know, He's a, like that he is a rich like baby. Be- <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's exactly what it is. It's a very rich baby. He looks like the fucking the German kid from The Simpsons. Yeah, Udo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's who he looks like. He's got his hands up like he can't even put it beside him anyway because he's so rotund. So we've actually we, that is a uh, one bit of feedback that we've gotten is that uh, people are frustrated that they can't see the same photos that we're looking at as we're looking at them, and um, I'll, I'll try to work. Well, something you never out will to do that. Well, we don't. You don't need to see him because we weave a tapestry. Well, that's why I always say, Reg, can you describe this photo? And he usually says, "Oh, he looks scary," but. <laughs> My, my favorite My favorite part of your describing is when you were describing uh, Chief Wahoo and you go, "He's depraved." <laughs> <laughs> He's depraved. Look at him. All right, but well, you're not you're not here to look at the pictures, okay? You're here to listen to us talk about the pictures. All right, just remember that, okay? You fucking remember where you why you're here, and what we provide as a service. As a child, Andrew was known to those tasked with looking after him as quote. That young imp. That reminds me of Reg. A small, impish creature. He was called that young imp. Take offense to that. <laughs> he I, was called I this like that. because of his troublemaking ways. One of his exploits was to tie together the shoelaces of the Queen's sentries and watch them fall over. He also once reportedly climbed up to the roof of Buckingham Palace to mess with the aerial so that the Queen couldn't watch a horse racing carnival. So, when when he says he tied the shoelaces of these sentries, right, like, you know you know those guys didn't want to let that happen, you know? Like, so let's, let's look at that scenario. One, one scenario is that the elitist guard in the British army didn't notice a fucking four-year-old tying his shoelaces together, or he had to look at that and watch it happen and then pretend, like, fucking <laughs> yeah. fall over afterwards and yeah, be like, oh, you got me, Prince Andrew. It's like the, the, the royal sentries, their actual job is to make sure no harm comes to the royal family. So what if the royal family's trying to bring harm to you? What do you do then? It's a paradox. <laughs> but what one thing that, like, I have wanted before is whether the Queen's Guard, the Queen's sentries, whatever, you know, the guys with the big black like wig things those those like marge simpson yeah their heads yeah yeah they i have always wondered if they've actually ever done anything like if they've ever been on you know the side of a like an assassination attempt or at like a terrorist attack or anything like that oh, right. and the answer is no <laughs> <laughs> you look so it up, never. They've, yeah they've never done anything of note really so their job is to stand around and have their shoelaces tied together by the young imp. I can't get this idea out of my head of the this baby, specifically the baby, <laughs> some sunglasses on, maybe a cigar, you know, being like, tie your shoelaces, all right? All right? He's like, oh, please, no, not again, Prince Prince Andrew. No, they call me the imp, do you see? <laughs> tie your shoelaces together, fall down the stairs. So despite being the young imp, Andrew was the favorite child of his royal parents. While most children of monarchs are almost entirely raised by nannies and home teachers, Andrew was born at a point in time wherein his mother, Elizabeth, had settled into her role as the queen, so she doted on him about as much as possible for a woman who was generally considered emotionally distant. She was much more involved than with her older children, Charles and Anne, 
His father, Philip, was also especially fond of Andrew. Philip was boisterous and macho, and saw those qualities passed down to Andrew, while he had trouble relating to his older son, Charles, who he considered overly sensitive and emotional. What does Charles do? Huh? What does he do? Well, he's the heir apparent. Okay. He'll be the, he'll be the king when the queen dies. But his job is not being king. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He, he, like, goes Sick. around to charities, he, like, opens places, like, if a new school is opening or something, he'll go cut the ribbon. I mean, like, really, what did the royal awesome. family do? So, so, what, whenever, whenever someone wants to open something, they say, we need not the king here. <laughs> That's him. What a fucking catch. That's awesome. Andrew was emotional, too, but more so in the sense that he had a temper and could be spiteful. Once... While watching Coronation Street on TV, Andrew reportedly sneered, Oh God, look at all those common people. (laughs) He would mercilessly taunt the guards of his family's palace and various estates. He would kick their dogs and swipe the legs of horses on the grounds. Once infuriating horse groomer so badly that he threw the boy onto a heap of horse shit and shoveled him with manure until he was covered with it. He once angered a footman so badly that he punched Andrew in the face, giving him a black eye. <laughs> Afterwards, the footman offered his resignation, but the queen advised against punishing him, knowing that Andrew could be a terror. She was once quoted as saying, He's not always a little ray of sunshine about the home. <laughs> How was that? Was that pretty good? Thanks, Lizzie. He got punched in the face. I love that. <laughs> I mean, he had a comment. I was going to say, before before that last part there, I was going to say, like, when it got to the part about the horse grooms, I was like, yeah, and then he was fucking hung, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the guy who punched him in the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and then, yeah, and then he was murdered by his fucking... You know, I mean, like, this kind of makes sport. me respect Queen Elizabeth in that she acknowledge that and let her kid get punched yeah yeah that this kid who goes around kicking dogs and horses probably deserves to get punched every now and again in 1973 age 13 prince andrew began to attend gordonston a prestigious private school in northern scotland during his time of formal schooling andrew was remembered as a bully or as his father perceived it a natural boss <laughs> <laughs> He was described as, quote, boastful, big-headed, and earned the nickname The Sniggerer. Owing to his <laughs> habit of laughing so hard when telling dirty jokes, he was unable to deliver the punchline. When Andrew was 16, he went on foreign exchange to a school in Canada. While there, he and the other members of the royal family publicly attended the 1973 Winter Olympics in Montreal. It was during this time that the press began to report that Prince Andrew was good-looking. One paper describing him as six feet of sex appeal. There were crowds of girls that would gather to greet him at airports, chanting, We want Andy! We want Andy! And back at school, there were a number of girlfriends that Andrew would move through with haste. Together, they called themselves Andy's Haram. Out of all these people I'm looking at, okay, I'm going to say they all look like complete tools, (laughs) except for Andrew's mum. Elizabeth. Sure, whatever her name is. <laughs> the she queen. She looks hard. <laughs> she does look pretty hard, actually, here. Like, she... She looks hard. She looks like a, a brick shithouse. Like, she's not going to let anything ever happen to her kids. Yeah, she looks hard. Um, Harry, like, Charles actually looks like such a fucking gimp. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a punce. 
Harry has got a little bit of street to him, but it's like we know that it's not real. Like we know know, it's an illusion. Well, that's the thing. I've seen a photo of him, like, you know, holding his hand up like a Glock and stuff like that, or like a Beretta, and I was like, that's, it's funny because it's Harry, and we all know that you grew up in Buckingham Palace. (laughs) Like, we'll talk about the whitest kids you know earlier, like, these, this is the original cast of the whitest kids you know. These are the the whitest people in the world. (laughs) Yeah. They, They definitely don't look like, you know, everyday people. Like, if they weren't royals you would probably not think that people look like this, you know? Like, you don't meet people that look like these guys. Especially not Charles. Charles is like a real lab experiment. <laughs> Charles is... He's a unique-looking guy. Not so much nowadays, because nowadays he kind of just looks like an old guy. But when he, when he was younger, yeah. he looked like the quintessential Englishman. Prince Edward, who is this guy, though? He looks like a movie actor. Well, that's, he's that's, actually a handsome man. I mean, he is, but it's like... You know, he, that's just because he looks like the most normal out of all of them, right? Like, he's... They're, they're his brothers. There's yeah. three brothers. There's, uh, there's Andrew, Charles, and Edward. And uh, I think he probably looks like the most everyday guy. Wait, Andrew, Charles, and Edward are all brothers? Yeah, they're all brothers. Charles so is the oldest. why does the picture of Edward look like it was taken, like, modern day? I guess there's actually a What's fair What's the bit age of- gap? There's a fair age gap. I think Charles is 47 or 48, born in 47 or 48. Andrew, okay. born in 1960. And I reckon Edward was born in, like, 64 or 65. So, like, when he was 20, he was 20 in, like, not the 80s, you know. Well, Andrew was winning over the press and teenage girls with his alleged good looks, those closest to him <laughs> witnessed a darker side. His manners were reportedly awful. One aide recalled, I've seen him treat his staff in a shocking, appalling way, I has. He's been incredibly rude to his personal protection officers, throwing things on the ground and demanding they fucking pick them up, he is. No social graces at all. Sure, if you're a lady with blonde hair and big boobs, I bet he's utterly charming. Andrew was, by all accounts, a dick. At the site of an air disaster, where 43 British and 190 American passengers and ground crew were killed during a visit for compassionate support. Andrew, who was a pilot himself, said to onlookers, It was much worse for the Americans. It was only a matter of time before a plane fell out of the sky. He once showered a group of waiting paparazzi with spray paint, then commented to the New York Times, I rather enjoyed that. He was alleged to have used the N-word during a meeting with a political aide, According to documents released by WikiLeaks, he openly criticised the governments of Britain, France, and America during a meeting with a diplomat, which probably wouldn't be a big deal if it weren't for the royal family's constitutional obligation to remain politically neutral. It was stories like these, as well as his penchant for excess, that would eventually see Andrew become the least popular royal amongst polled Brits. Excess like Andrew hiring a helicopter, to travel 50 miles to a business meeting, $20,000 expenditure to fly him to a golf tournament, annual travel costs of $500,000, $97,000 for a private jet into Azerbaijan, and on a visit to India, which he also travelled to by way of private jet, he toured through the slums in a Rolls Royce, then refused free accommodation at the British High Commissioner's estate, instead opting for a luxury suite paid for by taxpayer money. 
Andrew reportedly accepted a $30,000 necklace as a gift to his daughter Beatrice from a Libyan arms dealer, and then he made a secret trip to Libya himself to meet with dictator Muammar Gaddafi. He dined with the president of Kazakhstan, whose son-in-law then bought one of Andrew's estates for $5 million above market value. And as shocking as that all might sound, it's really only scratching the surface of Prince Andrew's lifetime of being an asshole. That's because it all kind of pales in comparison to the biggest scandal of Prince Andrew's life, the one that would have him stood down from all responsibilities as a royal. That being his relationship with the disgraced financier and convicted sex offender, Jeffrey Epstein. Dun, dun, dun. It's him again. It's Jeff. He's back. He's he back. just kind of always shows up, right? He's, he's got his fingers in so many pies. Yeah, he's got his tentacles Jeffy. wrapped around the world. His <laughs> fucking tentacles that sprays offspring. I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't think he had any kids. I think he actually, um, he apparently had a really weird penis, like abnormally shaped. So I don't know if he could have kids. Really? Yeah, have you ever have you ever heard the description of of a uh, Epstein's dick? No. It's apparently like a like imagine half an egg, like you know, like the middle part of an egg. It's like thick, and then the top of it just like kind of gets smaller and smaller until the tip. Yeah. That that's apparently what his dick looked like. He's got himself a fucking lopsided chode. Yeah, actually, it's like a it's like a chode that is like a nipple. Serves him right. <laughs> Although, then you got to think if you didn't have the chode. Yeah, would would any of this has happened? Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this in the year 2021, I'm going to assume you have at least a basic knowledge of who Jeffrey Epstein was. I'm going to try not to write anything about Jeffrey Epstein that isn't contextually necessary to this wider story. But if you have somehow avoided falling down the Epstein rabbit hole. Here's his long story as short as possible. Jeffrey Epstein was a New York-based financier who claimed to have amassed a fortune handling the wealth of the ultra-rich, but many of his claims don't check out, and it's mostly unclear how he got his money and exactly how rich he was. He's generally categorized as a billionaire, but really, who knows? Epstein ingratiated himself with the rich and powerful through things like making sizable donations to their charitable foundations, lending use of his private jet, providing accommodation in Manhattan, where he owned the largest single house on the island. While many things about Epstein are murky, two things are unequivocal. Those being, he was a profuse abuser of women, mostly teenagers, and he was a sex trafficker. Epstein was first convicted of sex crimes in 2008, after coming under investigation in 2005. For much of his time offending, Epstein was in a relationship of sorts with Ghislaine Maxwell a wealthy heiress who allegedly procured young women for Epstein. Back to Prince Andrew. It's important to mention that starting in the year 2001, Andrew worked for the British government in the role of trade envoy. His role was basically to act as a living inflatable arm man for the United Kingdom whenever they wanted to make a trade deal abroad. It's through this role that he found himself in many of the aforementioned sticky situations, in meetings with dictators and arms dealers, and the justification for all of the travel costs we also mentioned earlier. He didn't technically receive a salary for this job, but ended up serving as a blank check to fund his life on government money, outside of what was already allocated to the royal family. What do you think about Andrew so far? What do I think of Andrew? Mm. I mean, he's just like a fuckwit. 
you know, isn't he? He's just like this kid grew up in the richest family ever. You know, he gets all this power with no real reason or sensibility to it. Mm. So I think anyone in his circumstance probably ends up a bit of a fuckwit, right? I think it's yeah. a bit hard to say otherwise. Mm. But and the fact that he's a trade envoy, I think that's really fucking weird. I think it's really fucking weird they give all these really... I don't know much about it, but these really powerful positions to people in the royal family. Because when yeah. I think of a royal family, I think of them like the Kardashians or something like that. They're just kind of like, you know, eye candy. Yeah, it's like, why do they give them these jobs? Like, why are they that qualified, you know? Like, really, they're just... I mean, they're not. They just have blood. Yeah. Bad, incesty blood. Yeah, it's like, what, what, and what actually makes someone a royal... Like, is it just their blood, you know? Like, Yeah, it's the incest blood. <laughs> but, I mean, apparently their blood's blue. I'd have to eat the rich to find out, right? True. Well, I, th- I think... It the... just seems weird, the fact that he even does this, you know? Like... The, the royals actually seem to be looking more and more normal nowadays, because I think they're widening the gene pool, you know? They're marrying <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Elizabeth and Philip were cousins like so technically all those guys earlier like are children of incest like it's not like direct incest but it's like third cousin incest oh it's like it's like third degree incest yeah right? it's like you know it's there's definitely still some like pure blood there some pure bullshit there right yeah. which as we all know will just fuck you up it makes yeah. you have weird ears like charles and shit like that you know yeah or, like uh, uh, you know, makes you a bit of an asshole like Andrew. Well, like Voldemort, you know, he was, uh... Yeah. Yeah, he was He's inbred. probably pure blood, yeah. Yeah, he was in... Well, no, he was half-blood, but he was inbred. No, 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 Voldemort wasn't half-blood. Voldemort was half-blood? What are you talking about? No, no, fucking Snape was half-blood. Yeah, so was Voldemort. <laughs> no, it's Snape, the half-blood prince. you never seen that one? Wait, you've read the books. You should know this. I've read all the books, yeah. In fact, I want to. I'm was listening to the audiobooks now. Voldemort. Are you actually? Yeah, I'm listening to audiobooks. Tom Riddle has a witch mother and a muggle father. Hey, hold up. <laughs> Delete everything. <laughs> I don't oh. want anyone to know that I didn't know that, okay? That's why I wanted to kill I'll, just, I'll say it right now. Yes, Voldemort was a muggle. Alright, now <laughs> use that. Yeah, use I'll that edit instead. that in. I'll chop it up. <laughs> Thank you. In the years following Epstein's sex offense conviction, rumours began to surface of a relationship between Epstein and Prince Andrew. Writer Evgeny Morozov reported that he received an email from an associate that started with the mention of Epstein arriving in an event in a helicopter. The email went on to say, Last time I visited his house, the largest private residence in New York City, I walked in to find him in a sweatsuit and a British guy in a suit with suspenders getting foot massages from two young, well-dressed Russian women. After grilling me for a while about cybersecurity, the Brit, named Andy, was commenting on the Swedish authorities and the charges against Julian Assange. We think they're liberal in Sweden. It's more like Northern England as opposed to Southern Europe. In Monaco, Albert works 12 hours a day, but at 9pm when he goes out, he does whatever he wants, and nobody cares. But if I do it, I'm in big trouble. At that point, I realised that the recipient of Ileana's foot massage was His Royal Highness, Prince Andrew, the Duke of York. So, 
I guess he's just a total hedonist, right? Like, he just wants to be able to do whatever he can, whenever he wants, without any public scrutiny, despite everything about him basically being funded by the public. That's the thing that always uh, gets me about these type of things, right? It's like, this isn't their own money. Like, at least with celebrities in America, it's always their money, you know? But it's like, this isn't their money. Like, we kick politicians out of fucking office and shit when they decide to take a couple too many plane flights to Hawaii or something like that on a taxpayer's dollar. Yeah. We don't kick fucking Andrew out very Why? Why? In Australian Parliament, like, I don't think you could, you're allowed to even take a gift, like, any gift whatsoever from donors. But it's like, Andrew was getting, like, $30,000 necklaces. He was getting his house bought $5 million above market. Like, he just seems like a totally corrupt guy, really. And I, I think that he also, like... He probably doesn't even see it that way, you know? He probably just thinks, like, your yeah, life's sick. Like... Yeah, this is, like, how my life is meant to yeah, be. Yeah, this know? is what I life is like this. for people like me, you know? I mean, he, I'm definitely, like, I'm a very important person. Yeah. Because I was born by the hard lady. <laughs> All right. Along with reports that Andrew regularly visited Epstein's Palm Beach home, the scrutiny increased in December 2010, when Andrew was photographed walking with Epstein through Central Park. Then, a few months later, Prince Andrew's wife Sarah Ferguson admitted she had accepted $20,000 from Epstein to pay off personal debts. In July 2011, amid mounting public pressure, Prince Andrew was sacked from his role as British trade envoy. Around this time, a photo began to circulate. A photo of Andrew with his arm around the waist of a young woman. And standing in the doorway behind them, a grinning Galen Maxwell. Oh man, I thought that was... I thought that was Chris Kardashian. Yeah, actually, it does look like her hair. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought I've never made that link before. They have the same hairstyle. This photo was and is so significant because until this point, Andrew had a sense of plausible deniability about his relationship with Epstein. He claimed, and he still does, that their relationship was fleeting at best. He was just another one of the world power brokers caught up with Epstein through intersecting circles. The young woman in this photograph, who has his hand firmly planted on her body, is Virginia Roberts. At the time it was taken, she was 17 years old, and it was with the publication of this photo that she would go public with her story of being a victim of Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. What? Do you, how would you describe the mood of this photo? Uncomfortable. No, you know what? How I describe this? I describe this as Prince Andrew is the only person in the room who isn't in on it. Yeah. That's true, actually. You know, this photo, like, you can tell that a photo like this is taken as blackmail, Mm. right? Like, this is just like, hey, we've got the fucking, we got the imps, the imps (laughs) doing something bad on camera here, you know, like, get the camera right. Yeah. But he, he, he's, he's, you know, you can tell by his face, he's like, I'm here with friends. I can trust these people, you know? Do you reckon, or do you reckon he's like, oh, a photo, like, should a photo be being taken at the moment, you know? Like... He, he's got, like, a bit of, like, a danger, like, going yeah. off his head, like, warnings. Like, like he's got yeah, a little bit of, like, weird. deer in headlights at the fact that it would be weird to deny a photo, but maybe he doesn't want a photo being taken right now. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think he probably recognizes as well, but, I mean, he could also just be very comfortable, like, the only person who's comfortable in that photo, you know? Yeah, and that... But like everyone else is like, this is a sting operation, we gotcha. You know? That's true, but then I, I also think it's, like, with Andrew, I think he doesn't, at the time, he didn't... Th- even noticed that something was up like he could have sex trafficking right in front of him 
and he was so entitled and so, uh, you know, he felt so privileged <laughs> that he wouldn't even question that there's just this young woman who is going to, you know, have sex with him or whatever. Like, he wouldn't even question that. He'd just be like, yeah, that's my life, you know? Or maybe, you know, they never did have sex or whatever <laughs> the case is. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying... Maybe they didn't, and he's, like, a George Bush kind of guy, you know, like, mm. Junior, where he's just such an idiot, you know? He's just such a fucking straight idiot, where he's like, Oh, what do you mean? This is the sex trafficking with my friend Epstein. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, that's basically... Yeah, he walks in a room, and it's, like, a bunch of people cutting cocaine, and he's like, Oh, look at all the sugar on the table. That's so weird. <laughs> you guys had a cooking accident. I don't cook. <laughs> What's with all the pounding? He's <laughs> <laughs> a real George Bush student. Yeah. No, he obviously is just a, he's just obviously a rat. He's yeah. a rat of a man. Yeah. But um, I think in this photo, he just hasn't recognized the fact that this is indefinite blackmail that has been taken. Yeah, and the how did it leak again? How did where did this photo come from? I actually don't know, but I think it came out when uh, when Virginia Roberts, who's the one with the blonde hair, went public. But I don't know if she released it or if someone else did. I, I think it's actually kind of unclear how this photo got out. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it is, like, light blackmail, you know? Well, apparently Epstein was fucking heavy on that shit. He'd have cameras all around his house and all yeah. that, like, you know, recorders. That was kind of his whole deal, right? Like, that's why he did this stuff, to get blackmail on people. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's probably why he died, more than likely. I mean, you reckon he, you reckon he got killed? It just seems... Right, doesn't mm. it? It just seems like that's how that story ends. I don't know. I don't know, really. I actually lean towards he committed suicide. But who knows, really? I don't know. I, as I said, I don't really know. But it just seems like if you if you look at a story, right? Like, you look at a fictional story written about a guy who, you know, cleverly blackmails every powerful being in the world yeah. and then eventually get, you know, gets caught. You know, that story ends with him dying. Like, by being assassination. Mm. The thing for me is, I think, what difference does him dying actually make? Like, the blackmail is still going to be out there, you know? Like, he's in jail now. What can he really do with it? Well, I assume there's plenty of shit that just didn't get leaked, right? Like... Yeah. Like, Epstein was doing this for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, some huge cases came out of it, but I'm sure there's still plenty more. That would be my assumption. If, If he was murdered, that would be why. So that he couldn't, you know, release anything from jail or, like, tell someone yeah. to release something I mean, or whatever. Yeah, or even just him saying stuff himself, right? Like, mm. imagine how much he had to say. Yeah, true. You know, how much blackmail lives up in his head. <laughs> they, had to, they had to crack his head open to get all the blackmail out. <laughs> <laughs> they had to juice him. Yeah. <laughs> Take his head off and they had to juice him. Virginia alleges she was trafficked to Andrew on at least three occasions in 2001. This was in 2014 that Virginia's name and story went public. Before that, she was Jane Doe 102. Prince Andrew and Buckingham Palace immediately issued a press release, categorically denying the allegations, characterizing them as without foundation. The tension around those connected to Epstein simmered for the next few years, but it came to a global attention in July 2019, when Epstein was again arrested, charged with sex trafficking. Then a month later, it exploded when Epstein was found dead in his cell. It was the biggest story in the world. Do you remember where you were? I don't remember where I am a lot of the time. <laughs> you know how they always ask you, like, oh, where, where, 
Where were you when, uh... Yeah, where were you? Where were you when 9-11 happened? I think no one should ever ask you that, because you would either not remember and lie, or just be like... Uh, I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, I think... There's some things I... Like, I remember where I was when Halo 3 launched. <laughs> where were you? I was at the launch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... <laughs> that one's easy. <laughs> um... Like, you name any one of my birthdays, I could probably give you a pretty good idea of where I was. Where were you on your birthday last year? So yours? Were you? I think. Were you? What's night? You threw a shindig. No, that was this year. Oh, man. I don't know where I was last year. Well, there you fucking go. You don't know anything. <laughs> I said most of my... I said most, okay? I gave myself plausible deniability out of that situation. It's like okay? Prince Andrew. <laughs> Fine, where, where were you? Where were you? Well, I, I didn't FC make any claims like this. Dead. I didn't make any claims that I couldn't back off. Hey, I don't know where I was on your birthday last year. I'm saying about Epstein. Oh, well. <laughs> um, I think I was on the train going to work when I saw the headline on my phone. And I was like, damn, did he commit suicide or did he get murdered? And I bought into the hype at first. I was like, nah, no way he committed suicide. But nowadays, I don't know. I think I think it's too fantastical for him to have been murdered in jail. I think it, I think it requires a lot of people... in jail all the time. I think it requires a lot of people in on a conspiracy for that to have happened. And I, I don't know. I, just, I think conspiracies aren't as common as, as people believe them to be. I don't think that... We're not talking about, like, pyramids were built by aliens... <laughs> We're talking about a man being killed in a jail cell. I think it happens quite often, to be honest with you. Yeah, but killed by someone, you know, who killed in a jail cell and the crime not being solved and then being covered up, you know? Like, how often does that happen? I think all the time. Have you never seen Shawshank Redemption? (laughs) I have seen Shawshank Redemption, and I don't think it relates to this story at all. (laughs) I think it does. I think it relates to the American prison system probably being uh, a bit cumbersome with their lack of evidence because they like they let a guy get away with drilling a hole in his wall no <laughs> I meant, like all the like beatings from the guards and stuff and, like you not you watch you listen to true crime podcasts yeah yeah shit and, happens in jail all the fucking time yeah and it's much more likely to be the cause of incompetence rather than conspiracy but what if it was incompetence what if what if this guard has taken Epstein to his son? He's going, oh, hey, Epstein, hey, Jeffy, just in here. And then, and then Jeffy was all like, oh, whoa, 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 and he slipped over. Right? And then they've covered... Cracked his head. And then he was like, oh, no, no one can know that it was me, the guard, who let him die on that, my watch. That's actually the best case scenario is that Jeffrey Epstein got killed by accident. And <laughs> they've covered it up to make it look like a suicide. <laughs> So, either way, I don't think it's possible. But I think suicide has now been completely ruled out. <laughs> All right. Andrew, already deeply unpopular, was held at the crucible by news media and public opinion. Headlines caught him, quote, boorish and self-centered with a pompous level of self-importance. And I actually remember at the time, because I was, you know, working in a shop in the city that sold magazines and... I remember this guy would come in like every couple months and he would buy Majesty magazine for his mum. And he himself was old, so his his mum must have been like ancient. 
and um he he would come in and like Prince Andrew would be on the cover and it would be like you know like sex scandal or like Epstein and Andrew whatever and he would just say to me poor Lizzie can you believe he's putting his mum through this she's been in the job for 70 years like he was he was devastated for the he's queen he's a bachelorist yeah he was I a always noticed that monarchist I always noticed that with some people see I personally couldn't give two shits about the old lady in the royal family right mm. but I've noticed other people do care about her quite a bit like when Prince Philip died yeah and it was the the funeral right yeah I remember someone saying I just remember overhearing a conversation once amongst my peers and they were like oh man Prince Philip you know he looked fucking weird didn't he Oh, but did you see, did you see the queen? Oh, I feel, I feel so bad for her. She was so sad. Yeah. And I was like, do you even, you don't know, you don't care about the queen any other time. Why you care about it now? <laughs> I mean, the, it was a pretty powerful photo of her. Because I think it, people saw it as a representation of coronavirus too. And like not being able to go to funerals and all that. Because it was like even the queen, you know, like even people weren't allowed it prince philip's funeral and the queen was sitting alone and i think i think that was pretty heavy but i i you know like i don't feel a deep connection to the queen or the royal family or anything like i don't have any reason to but it it will be i think pretty crazy when like she dies because like she has been kind of like a an aspect of a of just general life for so long like she's always kind of been in the paper or on the tv or whatever and i think i think it will she's be always bit... been like a character to her, you know yeah, like, yeah i've always seen her head somewhere yeah. i remember playing games of her on mini clip when i was a kid in reality it'll probably be like whenever any celebrity dies and it'll be like whoa for a day and then everyone's like whatever i mean even in cartoons since like a child since we were children you know like they'd always use her to like represent england you know what yeah. i mean yeah like, it'd be like, oh, the English are here, and always be like, you know, her face in some way or form. Yeah. And I, I again, I don't, I don't think, like, I don't feel like I have an emotional attachment to that, but I think it, it will be whack when she dies. Like, it'll be huge news, like, everywhere. Hmm. Do you think she's lived too long? I mean, that's a, that's, I think the better question would be, has she stayed in the role too long? Like, has she been in the public eye for too long? And I reckon she's probably, she's probably stayed in it so long because she doesn't want fucking people like Prince Andrew to be in the spotlight. (laughs) She's his superior. Have you ever noticed, do you ever know that like how much power she has over Australia technically by like technicality? I mean, technically she can just like overrule anything. Like she would. She has like the special red carpet in parliament in Australia that only she's allowed to walk on. (laughs) And also. Right, which is. We are entitled as citizens of a of the Commonwealth to a portrait of her. If we write to our local MP, yeah, we can get a. I should get a picture of it. To be honest, I actually I dies. emailed about it like years ago, and I think, but I think it was because it kind of like got posted on like pedestrian or some shit that you could do that, and they just never got back to me. <laughs> Virginia Roberts gave a televised interview to NBC News in September 2019. In it, she called Prince Andrew an abuser, guilty of sexual coercion, and expressed outrage at his denials, saying, quote, He's going to keep denying it ever happened, but I know the truth. 
He knows the truth. And she was right. Andrew was going to keep denying that it ever happened. In a decision that would see his personal advisors resign their post, he decided it was time to set the record straight, to sit down for his own televised interview on BBC's Newsnight. Have you ever seen this? Is that him? That's him, yeah. He's, he's gone to God, shit. he looks like such a fucking creep. <laughs> have you actually, have you seen this interview ever? No, he looks like a sex pest. <laughs> I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know who he was, he just looks like one. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk up to this guy and expect anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've put together a clip of some highlights from this interview. And uh, it's a, it is... If you have time, anyone who's listening, or you, Reg, because I know you've never seen this, watch the whole thing. It goes for an hour, and I've tried to condense it to, like, six minutes, and it doesn't It doesn't even capture how bad this interview is. Like, you can get an idea, like, well, this isn't going too well, but it, it does not capture just how awful it is. All of this goes back to your friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. How did you first become friends? How did you meet? Well, I met through his girlfriend um, back in 1999. And it would be, to some extent, a stretch to say that, that um, uh, as it were, we were close friends. I mean, we were friends because of other people. Um, and I had a lot of opportunity to um, uh, go to the United States, um, but I didn't have much time with him. I suppose I saw him once or twice a year, perhaps maybe maximum of three times a year. Um, but it would be, it would be um, a, a, a considerable stretch to say that he was a very, very close friend. But he had the most extraordinary um, ability to bring um, uh, extraordinary people together. You, you were perceived by the public as being the party prince. Was that something well, you I shared? Well, I think that's um, also um, a bit of a stretch. Um, did you trust him? Uh, yes, I think I probably did. But uh, again, um, I, mean, I don't go into um, a friendship looking for the wrong thing, if you understand what I mean. I mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm an engaging person. I want to be able to engage. I want to find out. I want to learn. Just for the record, you've been on his private plane. Yes. You've been to stay on his private island. Yes. You've stayed at his home in Palm Beach. Yes. You visited Gellin Maxwell's house in Belgravia in London. Yes. He was released in July. Within months, by December of 2010, you went to stay with him at his New York mansion. Why? Why were you staying with a convicted sex offender? Right. I have always, uh, ever since this has happened and since this has become um, as it were, public knowledge that I was there, I've questioned myself as to why did I go, um, what was I doing, and was it the right thing to do? Now, I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was n inappropriate for us to be seen together. Uh, I felt that doing it over the telephone was the chicken's way of doing it. I had to go and see him and talk to him. Who advised you then that it was a good idea to go and break up the friendship? Did that come from the palace? Was no, Her Majesty no, 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 the no, Queen no, involved? No, 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 no. I took the decision that it was, I had to show leadership and I had to go and see him and I had to tell him that's it. 
That was December of 2010. Yep. He threw a party to He's... celebrate his release and you were invited as no, the guest of honour. Oh, in 2010? That there wasn't, certainly wasn't a, a, a party to celebrate his release in December because it was a small dinner party. There were only eight or ten of us, I think, at the, at the, at the dinner. If there, was, if there was a party, then I'd know nothing about that. You were invited to that dinner as a guest of honour? Well, I was there, so there was a dinner. I don't think it was quite as, as you might put it, but yeah, okay, I was there for a, <laughs> I was there at a dinner, yep. But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender. It was a convenient place to stay. And I, I admit fully that, 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 that my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. Did you worry that he had something that could compromise you? No. No. Do you regret that trip? Yes. One of Epstein's accusers, Virginia Roberts, yeah. has made allegations against you. Your response? I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. She says she met you in 2001. You were in Tramp nightclub in London and she went on to have sex with you in a house in Belgravia belonging to Ghislaine Maxwell. Didn't happen. In fact, I'm convinced um, that I was never in tramps with her. There are a number of things that are wrong with that story. One of which is that, is that I don't know where the bar is in, in um, tramps. Um, uh, I don't drink. Um, I, I don't think I've ever bought a drink in tramps uh, whenever I was there. Do you remember dancing at tramps? No, that couldn't have happened because the date that is being suggested, I was at home with the children. You know that you were at home with the children. Mm. Was it a memorable night? On that particular day that, that, that um, uh, we now understand that is the date, which is the 10th of March, uh, I was at home. Uh, I was with the children. I'd taken Beatrice to uh, a Pizza Express in Woking for a party at a, I suppose, sort of four or five in the afternoon. Why would you remember that so specifically? Why would you remember a, a Pizza Express birthday and being at home? Because going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do. But as soon as somebody reminded me of it, I went, oh yes, I remember that. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating. <laughs> There's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was, oh, actually, yes, I didn't sweat at the time, because I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. She provided a photo of yes. the two of you together. Yes. How do you explain that? I can't. I'm not entirely convinced that, I mean, that is, that is what I would describe as, as, as me in, in, that, in that picture, but I can't, we can't be certain as to whether or not that's my hand on, on, on her. You can say categorically that you don't recall meeting Virginia Roberts, dining with her, yep. dancing with her at Tramp, yep. or going on to have sex with her yes. in a bedroom in a house in Belgravia. I, I can absolutely categorically tell you it never happened.
So, what if what a fucking you know liar liar pants on fire this guy? You Jesus reckon he was right? You can just tell it's all over it's all over his fucking face. You reckon? Right. I like, actually. This is his answers. You know, it's like he can't even stop himself from like still trying to like just being like such a fucking yeah. like self indulgent asshole most yeah. of the time. Well, he looks super small, Grant. <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. And the way... He's like, oh, Pizza Express? That's a bit... It's uncommon <laughs> yeah. for me. So Just... it's it's definitely locked away in my memory banks. The, his excuse for his friendship with Epstein and not ending it was that he was too honourable. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like he's, he's trying to uphold his concept of what he thinks, like, common people must think of uh, the royals, you know? Of like, him. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I was, I was too honourable to just call him up and end it all you know it's called chivalry darling okay look it up all right you know i guess i guess <laughs> i don't call anybody i guess from you know being your friend for you know nearly 20 years kind of realized <laughs> i'm not actually very good at telling when people are lying <laughs> so. yeah no you're not me and tanky are always making fun of the fact that's the case <laughs> do you is it do you think it is absolutely clear that he is lying? Yeah. Like, from a... from a Like, you just gotta... I mean, you just gotta look at the way that he's, like... For what his posture is, like, just so uncomfortable. I recognize the fact that he might be uncomfortable because he's talking about some, like, really hideous things and all that type mm. of stuff, right? But, like, it's just, like, all his explanations for these things, right? All the, all the points of contention there are always, like, self-reflective of him being an awesome guy, yeah. right? Which is just something a narcissist would do. Well, that's that's the other part of it. And, like, I didn't actually put... Like, there's, there's a lot missing from that. Like, that's only seven minutes worth of it, and the, the whole thing goes for an hour. But he never even really... Um, he doesn't express any, you know, regret about the women who were trafficked. It's, it's all just about him, you know, and how he relates to it. And um, he... I mean, it's just... He just gets caught out the whole time, right? Like, at the start, he's like, I was never... No, me, me and Epstein, like, we're, like, acquaintances of yeah. this. It's like, okay, so so you risked all of your social, like, you know, mm. possible... Like, all your social reputation, and you went to his house to tell someone who's just an acquaintance of yours that you guys can't meet up anymore? Yeah. Like, and it, um, it, it correlated, like, when he was photographed then, he says mm. that he was ending the friendship... And that actually correlates to the eyewitness saying they saw him getting a foot massage in, at Epstein's um, address. <laughs> That's <laughs> so. how he decided to end it. They're both getting foot massages. <laughs> oh, well, Jeffy, old boy. <laughs> gonna have to let you go. <laughs> Jeffy, before we end, my feet are a bit sore. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one last time, Jeffy. Please, one last time. <laughs> There's actually a bit in the interview where um, the interviewer says, like, will you help his victims get closure? And he says, well, I need closure just as much as them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, right? He's such a wuss yeah. and such a, like, a crying man, baby. Yeah. What's his issue, man? Like, do you think, do you think some people are just born imps? <laughs> I think, I think this was the, the perfect mixture of, um uh environment and just like personality you know 
It seems so weird that as a child, he was nicknamed the Imp, but yeah. people haven't reflected that onto him now, where he is much more of an Imp. <laughs> he's still an Imp. He's just still the Imp. He's still an Imp. He's yeah. never changed. He was yeah. always an Imp from the scenes of it. <laughs> and he, like, see this photo of him, this weird golem-esque photo above that link. <laughs> like, that, that, <laughs> that is the face of a man who is about to tell a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said like I, when I saw that face all I could think of was this is a guy you don't trust yeah. right this is someone who's most certainly either a sex pest or has done some very shady shit in his past yeah yeah I mean to be fair that's a bad photo <laughs> like <laughs> that's probably the worst photo of anyone I've you seen know, the thing a is, while <laughs> you know the thing is you ask him he probably says it's a good photo. <laughs> He's probably like, well, that's an amazing photo. Look how heroic I look. <laughs> well, the thing is, and I'm just going to gloss over the uh, the aftermath here, because I've written a bit, but I'm just going to gloss over it. So he thought yeah. that he thought that, that went really well. <laughs> he he <laughs> immediately viewed the interview as a success and gave the crew a tour of Buckingham Palace. Oh, my God. So I think that he managed <laughs> to come off both self-pitying and self-congratulating like it was it was the idea of it finishing up and he's like (laughs) well that went rather well okay well yeah well thank god that's behind me awesome you guys (laughs) want to see buckingham palace i'm a free man it's awesome come take a look you know (laughs) and i also like up until then his tactic in dealing with this had solely just to pretend it wasn't happening and then when he actually talks it just got so much worse (laughs) like he would have been better just ignoring it yeah, I mean, he shoots them what every other royal's ever done, right? Just yeah. ignored. Mm. It's it's so... I don't know, man. It just seems so... Like, do you think... Like, he must have thought that went well because he must think that he can't do things poorly, yeah, right? Because yeah. he's a royal. Like, he is sex appeal. He is charisma, yeah. you know? Well, he's gotten away with just about everything, you know, he's ever done that wasn't great. And Except when he was a kid and he got a black guy, yeah. he got <laughs> Which, decked by the, <laughs> by the footman. And I think that's a cool job title, footman. <laughs> like, I want to be the footman. I don't footman. know what the footman does. The footman is like a, it's like another word for concierge, I think. Um, so, in the aftermath of that, like, it was a, it was a pile on. Like, the news was just his face everywhere with that shit-eating grin. One headline said, Prince Andrew sparks near universal condemnation with TV interview. A journalist that covered the royal family tweeted, I expected a train wreck that was a plane crashing into an oil tanker causing a tsunami triggering a nuclear explosion level battle. I was just going to say, isn't it funny how he's like, he tries to distance himself from... Jeffy, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, you know, Jeffy was never my friend. It was, yeah. I was friends with Maxwell. Yeah. Like, Maxwell was just as bad. Yeah, well, that's the like, other part of it. And I guess that's before she actually got arrested. So he, he was trying to yeah. find some, like, you know, a get out of jail free. Like, Epstein wasn't my friend. It was Maxwell. It's like, Maxwell was was the one who was procuring the girls for him. Like, she was his accomplice, you know? I'm sure in that, in that sense of logic, she probably was more his friend, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And another part in the interview that wasn't in that video is she says the interviewer is like one friend is quoted as saying about Epstein, you couldn't spend any time with him and not know what was going on. And do you think he knew exactly what was going on? 
Or do you think he had a point of uh, just... Or he just George Bush Jr. did? Yeah, he was just a moron, you know? Like, And he, he just felt entitled to, you know, women, whatever. Uh, so he just look, didn't question he, it. He looks like a moron, but I think what, in my opinion, what it looks like, just from this brief amount of time I've gotten to know this guy, is that he probably... Like, he had a half-good idea of what was going on, right? Like, he obviously isn't an underworld crook. He doesn't exactly know mm. the logistics of the situation. But I think he probably enjoyed having that amount of knowledge and power based on the situation, yeah. right? You know, it's like when, like, kids from Turak go to, like, Ringwood or whatever, you know? And mm. they're like, you know, like, well, we're cool. We get we get to hang out in the lower socioeconomic areas, you know? I think it's that same type of feeling there. Or it might be, like, when, you know, somebody orders a stripper or a prostitute and they think, yeah, this is, you know, this is great. This is my sexual needs or whatever, but they're not thinking about, you know, the implications of what that person is going through or the coercion that exists. Oh, no, yeah. You know. I think it's, I think it's been very proven that he has a lack of empathy. Yeah, I think so. Right? Like, there's this part of the top there somewhere where he, like, sprayed protesters in the face of paint and was like ah oh, that was good sport that was fun you know it's like yeah. bro chill out stop, stop hurting people mm. what's your deal man you gotta think that the queen like i do understand a bit more about like you know the queen probably is very disappointed this do you reckon she believes it well that's the thing i wonder if he has to lie like this because yeah he is also lying to his mom you know and and that's kind of the other part to it it's like he doesn't he can't really deny it. Like, he, he ha- is denying it. But it's so obviously true. Like, the things that he's accused of are so obviously true. He was, you know, in all the places that everyone knows that stuff was happening with Epstein. Multiple people have identified him as, you know, having... I don't, I don't want to say sex, because it doesn't feel like the right word when it's an underage girl who's been sex trafficked. But, you know... Many people have put him with that girl, and he still is just, like, lying. And he, he thinks that's effective, you know? Like, what would be better it's at that like point? It's like OJ, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like OJ. And what would be better at that point? Like, would it be better to say, like, yes, I messed up. I had sex with this woman. I didn't know she was 17. You know, I didn't recognize that it was a sex trafficking situation, like, or maybe he did, like, maybe he knew, and it, and I'm giving him too much credit, you know, maybe he was totally aware of what was going on, and his kind of... Well, I, I think, I think he's got a lie, right? Yeah. He's got a lie, otherwise they put him in, you know, the place, like, the dungeon. <laughs> the like, Tower of London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they put him in the dungeon, the London dungeon. <laughs> Because that's where all the royals go when they've been bad. So. Man, that place is sick. I guess I can understand it from that point of view. I actually went there <laughs> once when I was, like, 16. They, they like, they've turned, like, London, London Dungeon into, like, this little indoor kind of theme park. And they, like, have a dude, like, yeah, right. they have, like, a replica of, like, one of the Jack the Ripper, like, murder scenes. And you'll all be there, like, looking. And then the lights will go off and then they'll send in an actor dressed as Jack the Ripper to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has there ever been a large notable sex scandal where the i mean i'm just going to assume that they're almost always male mm. but the male has come out and been apologetic of the situation i can think of one me too where that happened louis ck 
Did Louis C.K. apologize? Yeah, Louis C.K. apologized. Oh, well then two. Louis, well, I didn't know that one. But Dan anyway, Harmon? I'm think- I was thinking of Dan Harmon, exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Now you've got nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, you, you've ruined it. I was gonna. I had. I had ten minutes of speech here. Well, tell going, tell the people. Has about it ever been Dan Harmon then? About Dan Harmon. Yeah. Nah, he's a pretty cool guy, I guess. Not really. <laughs> nah, he just he basically came out and was like, "I was a shitty boss, right?" Yeah, I, I liked his I liked his apology. I thought his apology was mm. awesome. You know, he's like, "I look, what I'm saying now isn't to like take away from what I did. Something I did was horrible, and it should never have happened." And uh, these are just like, you know, a couple of the circumstances of the situation. Uh, I just want to apologize as much as that might not mean anything to you. Yada, mm. yada. Like it was a really, you could tell it was a very well, uh, thought out and well emotionally charged, uh, apology, which was just nice to see. It was refreshing to see rather than like, you know, slimy guys like Andy over here, Handy Andy. Randy Andy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Randy Andy, Handy Andy over here. Prince of fucking. Prince of nothing. I was trying to think of a like a sexually charged joke, but I couldn't think of any. Prince of a boner. Prince of, yeah, pr- Prince of Boners over here. <laughs> boner King himself. You know, he might never be king, but he always be the king of the boners. Yeah. So good on him. But I don't know, he's obviously a slime ball. Hate him. Mm. Um hate his attitude, hate all the royals still. You haven't changed my opinion on the royals at all. I but you haven't made him any different. Trying to <laughs> I've always hated them. I still hate them the exact same amount. I think that just on the topic of uh, Me Too apologies, I think that the the response usually equates to the offense, you know? Somebody who might have made some mistakes, treated people badly, maybe had an issue with, uh, like, you know, sex addiction or they they cheated or whatever, they might be able to acknowledge that and actually get help and apologize. Whereas someone like, you know, Harvey Weinstein or who else is another one? Like Kevin Spacey or whatever. Like they, their yeah. offending was so like fucked up that it probably egregious. Yeah. It probably has something to do with their actual, you know, person, like something's deeply wrong with them, whatever. Mm. Whereas, mm. you know, we know about Andrew, there's information of basically every aspect of his life out there. He was an imp as a kid. He was a spoiled brat <laughs> as an adult. And he's a sex pest <laughs> as an old man. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's kind of the natural trajectory of men born in the 60s, though, isn't it? I guess so. You know, because whenever you go to, like, whenever you go to, like, a, a, like a, a shop that's, like, a gift shop or something like that, right? You always see, like, those, like, you know, creepy old man gifts and stuff where mm. it's, like... It might be like a walking stick of a mirror on it or something. And it's yeah. always like, ha <laughs> fucking creepy old horny man, you know, get out of here. So just to wrap it up, um, the FBI wants to talk to Prince Andrew and they've said, oh, that's never going to happen. Yeah. They've said that he's provided zero cooperation to the FBI and, he, uh, he doesn't have to. Andrew has, um, he's hired the top extradition lawyer expert in England and just the other day uh Virginia Roberts filed a personal lawsuit against Andrew accusing him formally accusing him of sexual assault and she required she requested a jury trial and obviously it would require Prince Andrew to either re-enter or be extradited to America 
And her lawyer yeah, said right. that there is a new, new testimony from new women in there about his behavior. And he has yet to officially respond legally and personally. He hasn't made comment. I think given his track record, that's probably in his best interest not to comment. Like, at all. <laughs> uh, thanks for checking us out, guys. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram. Why are they mad, Pod? And uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. If you felt anything at all during this episode, if you loved us, if you hated us, Prince Andrew made you feel disgusting, send us a message, tell us all about it. We want to know We want to know your thoughts, your feelings. Again, I've been Jay, and he's been the stink bug. Uh, the stink bug. <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Why you have to be mad? Right in front of me! That my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable. Fucking as uh, if we were recording for two and a half hours. I mean, that's your fault. You talk too long. You talk too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, guys. Have a good one.